Father, bless these words to our hearts in Jesus' name. Turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 12. In verse 24, Truly, truly, and this is Jesus speaking, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, this passage has a lot of different applications. And we are going to use it for a very specific application today. If it dies, it bears much fruit, much results. Those results will include pretty much everything in your life. Once in a while, in his preaching, Pastor Stevens would quote a poem. And most people really enjoyed them. Some of them were kind of funny. Some of them were very just thoughtful. And I remember this one, and I wanted to read this to you guys because I got a kick out of it. But I also think it pertains to today's message. It goes like this. I had a party the other day, just about at three. With no room to spare, three were there, I, myself, and me. Myself ate all the sandwiches, and I drank all the tea. It was also I who ate the pie, but I left the cake for me. Now, this is silly, yes, but it actually has a meaning and it pertains to John twelve twenty four. If it's about me, I have nothing. I'll abide alone. This is always the truth. I may be content for a season. I get all the sandwiches, the tea, and the cake. So I might be content that way for a season. But the reality is, I'm alone. And alone, there are times when it's great to be alone, but that's not the kind of alone it's talking about. It's talking about the alone that you don't want. It's talking the alone that not only are you not surrounded by the body of Christ because you've taken yourself out of the body of Christ, but also you're not surrounded by the presence of God because you've taken yourself out of the presence of God. When there is a cross in our lives, and the cross is entered very simply. Remember, cross is not difficulty. Sometimes people say, my difficulty, my problem is my cross. That is completely false. Cross is not difficulty. The cross in your life is the most positive experience a human being can have. It is amazing. The way we enter into a cross is first, we stop being self-oriented. That's required. Because I cannot be God-oriented and self-oriented at the same time. It will be one or the other. Second, people try to pick up their cross because Jesus says, take up your cross. And so they have this strange picture in their head like they're picking up some big wooden cross somehow, and somehow this is supposed to be meaningful. Although if you ask them how, they couldn't tell you. So they think it's some mystical kind of a thing, but Jesus said do it every day, but okay, it's some mystical kind of a thing. How do I do a mystical thing every day anyway? It's not mystical. A cross is not something that you can produce. 
A cross is something that is produced in you by the Holy Spirit. And it's produced in you by the Holy Spirit in John 15:5, when you keep yourself in the love of God and the word of God remains in you. Then you will have a cross. It's not something you achieve. It's something that is done for you. Then you will have a cross. You know you have a cross when God's nature pushes aside the old sin nature. You can't get rid of it, but you can push aside its influence. Nobody has to live in its influence, but you have to keep yourself in the love of God and have the word of God in your frame of reference. Maintain that and you will have a cross in your life. Once you have that cross in Galatians 2.20, you will experience God's quality of abundance of life. And that is an amazing experience. You thought God blessing you is amazing. Imagine living God's life. That's amazing. Because God doesn't have problems. God doesn't have issues. God doesn't have emotional hang-ups. God doesn't have the things that plague humans. Many of those things come because we don't have a cross. However, there's also one thing that a cross will produce and that we really need it. We won't be alone. There are times when we wonder about friendships. Because friendships are the most obvious way of not being alone. And we don't always know how to go into a friendship and we don't always know how to maintain a friendship. Sometimes people maintain a friendship by having these things in common. Both of you like football, both of you like whatever, Barbie dolls, both of you like cars, both of you work on the same job and have the same interests, whatever it is. And they have a friendship based on an external condition or some appreciation of things or something like that. That's not going to hold too long. Those kind of friendships can easily fall apart. The way that you have a friendship is completely different. In 2 Kings 4.3, there was a widow of a prophet in Elijah's time. Now, this is a long time ago. But this prophet died. His widow was poor. Elijah was one of the top prophets. That means that he also had authority over other prophets and he helped them. That's why Elisha was actually one of his disciples, one of his students. And one of the prophets that was under Elijah, he died. And his widow was poor. And she didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have any money. And they were in trouble. And Elijah came and he helped her. And he said to her, go outside and borrow vessels. Those basically jars. From all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. In other words, get a lot of them. Get as many as you can. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. Now she had one jar of oil. That's all she had in the house. A little bit of wheat and one jar of oil. When one is full, that he's telling her, pour that oil into the vessels. When one is full, set it aside. 
Now, she's got only one. He's telling her to get as many jars as you can. She's got only one. But pour it into the jars. When one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She had one. She filled a bunch. How did she do that? That's how God works. How much can God fill you with? As much as you can pour out. How much love can God fill you with? As much as you can pour out. How much mercy can God fill you with? As much as you can pour out. How much kindness, how much patience, how much gentleness can God fill you with? As much as you can pour out. Once you stop pouring out, he stops filling. That's how it works with God. If you want to be loved, pour out love. If you want to receive kindness, pour out kindness. If you want to receive mercy, pour out mercy. If you want people to be patient with you, pour out patience. God will pour into you as much as you will pour out no matter what it is. God will pour into you as much as you are going to pour out. Once you stop pouring out, God stops pouring in. So you want to pour out all the time. How do you have friends? You're pouring out. What draws people? Love draws people. Kindness draws people. Patience draws people. Have you ever seen somebody who's very irritable and impatient and this is their lifestyle? How many people want to get really close to that person? Nobody. Why? Why would you? It's like getting close to a porcupine. Here, hug this porcupine. You love it. However, how many people are drawn to somebody who's kind? A lot of people. How many people are drawn to somebody who is very loving? A lot of people. How many people are drawn to somebody who is very patient? A lot of people. Why? God will pour into you as much as you're willing to pour out. And in Jeremiah 31.3, being kind and loving and things like that will draw people. Now, it will not only draw them, it will transform them. Because when the love of God is encountered, including through a person, it becomes transforming. Certain things will not transform people, they'll repel them. Negativity will repel people. Criticism will repel people. Complaining will repel people. Love will draw them. Mercy will draw them. Gentleness will draw them. That's just how human beings are made. Because nobody wants to be criticized, everybody desires mercy. Nobody wants to be treated poorly, everybody wants to be loved. It's just the way humans are made. It's not a flaw in our design, it is our design. 
And it's our design because that's how we respond to God. God's characteristics draw us. As a result of being drawn, friendships are developed with God. God called two people in particular his friends, Moses and Abraham. With Moses, God said, I speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. With Abraham, he said, Abraham believed God and he was a friend of God. God said about Abraham, shall I withhold from my friend what I'm going to do? And so he told him his plans for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham then bartered with God. He negotiated with God on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah because Abraham didn't want God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. There were a lot of people there. And God yielded to the negotiation. God said, okay, for your sake, Abraham, if there's only ten righteous, I won't destroy them. For your sake. Okay, Moses, when God got tired of Israel, for your sake, I want to destroy Israel and start over. Because you asked me not to. Why did I listen to that? Because you're my friend. Because, Abraham, you're my friend, I took into account what you wanted. Moses, you're my friend, I took into account what you wanted, and I responded to that. Because you're my friend. Why were they his friend? Because they responded to the things that God initiated to them. God gave them love, God gave them patience, God developed them, God gave them mercy, God gave them compassion. They responded to the things that God gave them. God developed them, and they responded to that. When you pour out love, you're not pouring out because you're trying to manipulate somebody to be your friend. You're pouring it out because God has poured it in. Because God has poured it in, it starts to overflow from you. And then you will start to have friends. Why? Because people are drawn to that. Now, when it's the love of God, it's not their old sin nature that's drawn to them. It's their human spirit that'll respond. It's their soul that's finding the needs that only God can provide that responds. Sometimes people get saved just because they see the love of God in you. That's often true when you're in associations of whatever kind, co-workers, family members, whatever, who are not saved. They see the love of God in you and eventually they'll be drawn to God because that love is not resistible. They can fight it for a little while. I'm not saying they're going to drop everything and run to you because the love of God is there. But it will wear through the hardness of the heart. The love of God can melt the hardest of hearts. So you pour out kindness. You pour out love. You pour out compassion. You pour out gentleness. You pour out mercy. And all of a sudden it all starts to come back to you. You're not doing it from your own effort. Be careful that you're not trying to do it in your own effort. In other words, I'm going to pour out mercy today. 
doesn't work that way. If you say that to yourself and you try it, it'll last about five minutes and then it'll stop. Because you can't keep that up in yourself. It's not from your old sin nature. It's because you have a friendship with God that you can have a friendship with people. The friendship with God comes first. But once you have a friendship with God, you can have a friendship with people. Because that will be an outpouring of what you're receiving from God because you're his friend. If you're God's friend, he's going to pour the love into you and you pour it out. He's going to pour kindness into you, you pour it out. He's going to pour mercy into you, you pour it out. Gentleness, you pour it out. Everything, patience, you pour it out. If you're his friend. You become his friend by trusting him and responding to him. If you trust him to the point where you respond to him, God says, that person's my friend, I'm going to pour into them. There is a passage that says, if you want to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And a lot of people say, okay, that's how you get friends. You have to be friendly if you want friends. That's not what it means. That's a bad translation. Don't go with that one. In the original language, that means, if you want to have friends, you've got to start compromise with their old sin nature. That's not a friendship. A lot of people use friendship as a negotiation, as something to purchase with. So long as you give me what I want, then you are my friend. If you stop giving me what I want, then you are no longer my friend. That's not a friendship. That's a negotiation. Proverbs 17.17 says, A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. So a friend loves you at all times. A friend is always patient. A friend is always kind. A friend is always gentle. A friend will be faithful at all times. There's not a lot of people like that. But if you're pouring out love, you're pouring it out at all times. If you say to yourself, well, today I will love you because I like the way you are. Tomorrow I will not love you if you are not the way that I like you to be. That's not love. That's purchase. That's trade. That's not love. Love does not change. Because love is of God, God doesn't change. Love does not change. The love of God will love you today just as much as it will love you tomorrow, just as much as it loved you yesterday. It will always love you the same no matter what your condition is. When you receive the love of God because you are a friend of God and you start pouring out, you're going to love people no matter what their condition is. You may not appreciate what they're doing. Sometimes what they're doing is not right and you don't appreciate it. I'm not talking about appreciating it. I'm talking about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, love. Starts with patience, followed by kindness. Everything else comes from that. The most important of the other aspects is usually not thinking evil. Because it's all about the thought life. 
And so, a person can be having a bad day and I can be patient and kind to them. A person can be having a good day. I can be patient and kind to them. It doesn't matter on what kind of a day they're having. I can't give that until I've received it from God. I receive it from God when I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God because I trust Him and I respond to Him. But once you start pouring out, not only will God keep pouring it in, it will start to return to you also. John loved Jesus. So much so that he's willing to be at the cross with Jesus as he's being crucified. His mother you can completely understand. His aunt you can completely understand. Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons cast out from her, she'd probably be dead if it wasn't for Jesus. You can completely understand why she wouldn't be afraid to be there. Peter, he was afraid. Other disciples, they were all afraid. John, he was not afraid because he loved Jesus. Why did he love him? Because his identity was, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. He received it and then he gave it back. We love God because he first loved us. 1 John 4.19 We love God because he first loved us. However, when we're drawn to the love of God because somebody's pouring it out, we love them too. It works the same way. Somebody pours out the love of God, we'll love them. Maybe not initially, maybe it'll take some time for us to grow to where the old sin nature is not present. But when you start to receive the love of God from a person, you start to see that they're your friend. And when they are your friend, the friendship is returned. Now, some people will forever be selfish. You don't worry about that. But if you're going to have a friend, that's how you're going to have them. Will it work with everyone? No. Not everybody that God loves gets saved. Not everybody that God loves will respond to Him. Not everybody that God is kind to will receive that kindness. But, God gives it to everybody. And there will be those people who, because God loves them, they will respond to Him. They'll get saved. Because God is kind to them, they'll receive that kindness. Some people will, others will not. That's not your problem, that's not your responsibility, that's not something you worry about. God doesn't worry about who will respond, he will give it to everyone. By the way, the fact that he gives it to everyone doesn't make it any less when he gives it to you. It's just as powerful as if you were the only one. Because he gives it to you individually, even though he gives it to other people individually also. It's just as powerful as if you were the only one. And when you receive it, 
You get drawn by it. When you are kind, when you are loving to people, not because you're trying, but because God was loving and kind to you and it's overflowing from you. So remember, your friendships always start with God. Even if it's with people, your friendships always start with God. Your friendship with people is an extension of your friendship to God. If you don't have a friendship with God, you will never have a real friendship with people. You may have associations, you may have acquaintances, you may have people you know, you may have people in your life, but they will only stay there so long as things are going good. Have a bad day, and that stops. That's not how friendship works. A friend loves at all times. So a person who is a friend, Galatians 5.13 says, they serve one another by love. You can't do that until you've received it. But once you've received it, it'll pour out of you. You can't Say to somebody, you ought to love people, you ought to be patient. You're going to tell people that all you like, it's not going to work. They have to receive it first. When God uses us to draw other people to himself, often they'll be drawn to us first, but it'll end up with Christ. They'll see him in us because they see his love, they see his patience, they see his kindness. They'll see him in us. But then they'll recognize that it's not us. It's our Savior. Those are the best friendships. Because at that point, they're receiving from God so that it can overflow you're receiving from God so that it can overflow and then you can serve one another by love because you're serving out of overflow, not out of effort. Effort won't get you there. Overflow will. You want to have friends. Learn to be a friend of God. Learn to trust Him and respond to Him. And then receive from Him because He will automatically start pouring into you. And once he's poured into you, you keep pouring it out because he will keep pouring that in as long as you keep pouring it out and then you'll find yourself with real friends. Not fair-weathered friends, real friends. Amen? If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you don't know where you're going to go when you die, Simply pray, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for me so I can have eternal life with you. Amen.